strong in worship. Uh, great scripture, actually, where we're so clear that the second Chronicles 16, 9, it says that the eyes of the Lord were to and fro throughout the whole earth to see who he could show himself strong to those whose hearts are for him. Yeah, and then I read an intriguing version that says the Lord searches all the earth. He was telling this to King Asa because King Asa went to the king of Syria for help, went to a heathen for help rather than come to the Lord in Chronicles 7, Chronicles 16. And he said, Lord, why did you do that? My eyes, they're actually the seer is telling me this. It says that the Lord is speaking right to Asa and saying, why did you go to someone else? Because my eyes search the whole earth. I look at everybody, everybody, not one is left out. I'm looking for people who have given themselves to me, people who trust me, given themselves completely. Why? Because I want to make them strong. How many know that God wants to make you strong this morning? He wants to make you strong. It's one thing for us to be able to go to the Lord, and, and, and God knows that He can do it. Anytime we're in trouble, anytime we need a miracle, anytime we're down and out, we're offended, uh, we need forgiveness, we need to give somebody forgiveness, any trouble and circumstance that we have, we have the ability to go to the Lord. We have an advocate with the Father, amen, through Jesus Christ. We can go to Him and ask what we want. We're able to do that. But God is also looking to bring us to another place where we're filled with the Spirit of God, with strength, and we can walk on water just as Peter did, despite the circumstances around us, because we're strong. And not only that, but we'll draw other people. We will make sinners look and say, what is it that that person has? How are they so strong? And we'll say, it's because of the Lord Jesus and His Spirit that is in me, because my heart is toward Him. He has made me strong in this situation. That's what God wants us to do, is to give our hope to Him. And so, the, the last point of this whole series is that we, we know we have to be strong in spiritual discipline. We know we have to be strong in some other areas, but how do we know that we have to be strong in worship? Folks, we have to be strong in worship. In the presence of the Lord is the rest, fullness of, of joy. And at His right hand are what? Pleasures evermore in the presence of the Lord. We find all of our answers. If, you, if you're like me or have been like me, uh, there have been several times in my life where I've gone to the best for answers. I've gone to, uh, you know, whoever it might be for answers, other uh, situations uh, for answers. I've gone to books. I've gone to all kinds of things. And in some of those places, you can find answers. But if we would just realize, as Christians especially, that in the presence of the Lord, there are answers. In His presence. If you find answers, if you would just seek me first, don't go to the king of Syria. Especially because you've done it before. In the last situation, you came to me and I had your answer. Why now would you go somewhere else? God is calling us to a place of worship. In Him. Strong in worship simply means this. Strong in worship, a person who is strong in worship, uh, worships God with all of their energy and all of their strength. How many know that God didn't go and didn't just put half of Himself on the cross? He didn't just go down to the blood bank and get a little chick and just give a little bit of blood. 
and said, I hope that does uh, everything that you need. He gave all of himself. And so he's asking from us all of ourselves. That, that person that worships God with all of their energy and all of their strength. Watch this now, holding back nothing. And in our case, the father, they held back a little bit. And God said, guess what? I'm going to try all of you. So I'm going to take all of you. Don't hold it back because you're going to get it anyway. It all belongs to him. They worship with abandonment. That means, that means that everything else is second, God is first. Abandonment and passion, loving God is the deepest of affection. You must understand this morning that worship is not a ritual. Worship is not just a tradition. Worship is not something that you just do to check off your list. To say, hey, I went to church, we worshiped together, I checked that off the list, now we go on to something else. Worship is a lifestyle. Worship becomes who we are. If you go way back to Genesis chapter 22, you'll find that the first time that worship was talked about in the Bible, it was based on obedience. You know when you're doing for the wrong, worship is simply this. It's a response to God. Worship is simply responding to God. Many of us feel that we, I want to I worship, and we're going to get into trouble. I want to worship God, and so... You want to do it this way. You don't consult with God. You just, you know, we do it like we do each other. You know, when you want to give a gift, I want to give a gift to, to Sister Sharon or Edna. You know, I would say, what do I think that they want? I don't consult with them. I don't ask someone else who might know them very well, what they need, what they like. I just, what do I think? Just take this. Oh, okay, uh, thank you very much. What do they do? Reject it. You don't feel like God rejects your worship? He might. <laughs> he might. If you don't work, if you don't give him what he wants, the way he wants it, I don't want God rejecting my worship. We need to be strong in worship. Our worship together is strong. When all people worship with their might and strength and passion, and we need to do that together. When the focus here is, when the focus is on God and not on us. You cannot worship God properly with worrying about what someone else thinks about you when you worship. You can't worship God laterally. It must be this way. You can ignore each other this way, but worship must have to be this way. You can't worry about others and how they worship and, and what someone thinks of you if you're worshiping, if you're lifting your hands, if you're raising your voice, if you're uh, laying prostrate before God, if you're doing whatever it might be, uh, prostrate before God, whatever it might be. Thank you, honey. But whatever you might do, uh, you might talk about the prostrate. I don't know what it is, uh, you know, but don't worry about what someone else says about you when you go to worship the Lord. Worship must be this way. Strong worship. We have to have a strong worship flow. Matthew uh, chapter 12, uh, verse 30. First, I'm going to read it out of this uh, New King James Version. Before you put it up there, Matthew chapter 12, verse 30. It's a familiar passage of Scripture um, for us. But, um, you know what? Mark chapter 12. So how fast can we get to Mark? I'm going to get to Mark. I'm going to I'm already there. You there? All right, I'll give you some time to get there. I'm sorry. Mark chapter 12, verse 30, a very familiar passage of Scripture. Uh, 
know that Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, and uh, I'm going to start at verse 29. It says that Jesus answered and he said, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love, here is verse 30, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, how much of your heart? And with all your soul, how much of your soul? And with all your mind, how much of your mind? And with all your strength, how much of it? This is the first commandment. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. Listen to how to amplify it quickly. I want you to get this in your heart when we talk about worship. Because it doesn't matter as much what you do as long as it's what God wants. You get that? It's not so much what you do because I can't impress someone else with my worship. My worship is not to impress you, but it's to uh, it's coming to the presence of God and impress Him. This is how the Amplified puts it. The Amplified puts it this way. You can put that up there too if you have it. It says this. It says, and you shall love the Lord your God, watch this now, out of and with your whole heart. Out of and with. You shall love the Lord your God out of and with your whole soul. That means all of your life. That means everything you do. That means that worship is not something you go to do. I know we read scripture, I'm going to worship. But really what God wants from us is to do worship. To get to that in a moment. Out your whole life, out of and with your life, out of and with your mind, your soul, your thoughts, your faculties, all of your understanding. He wants us to worship out of and with all of it. So what you think about, that's why Paul told us uh, that we need to bring the thoughts that come into our minds under the captivity of Christ. You may not be able to convict every thought that comes in your mind. We talked about that a few weeks ago. How I had this example of a thought that just came to my mind. I didn't ask for it. It just came to my mind. But it's what we do with our thoughts that matter. We want to worship God out of and with our whole soul. We have to bring some thoughts under captivity. Come on. Under the obedience of God. I don't know if it's, if it's like that with you. But I know for me, there's some thoughts that come into my mind. There's some thoughts based on some people. There's some thoughts based on some situations that the enemy throws into my mind, and I must bring it. If I'm going to worship God out of and with my whole soul, all of it, then I have to bring those thoughts under captivity. We must worship God out of and with all of your strength. That simply means everything you are and everything you want. You've got to be safe in your life. Out of and with, because this is the first and principal commandment. Nothing comes before it. Nothing comes before it. There's not something that you do for God before you do this. Are you getting that? There's not something you do for God. Well, I uh, this one lady, you know, with her light bill. That's great. But are you worshiping God first? And then on, we must worship Him, but He has to be first. Over anything else we do, anything else is presumption. He wants to be first. And you know, we, we have one of the things that really hinders our true worship experience. We know that Jesus told the woman at the well. We know that. 
the famous, uh, very well-known scripture. Uh, she was there talking to him, and he said the time is coming, and it is now. You know the scripture uh, that we will, you will worship God in spirit and in truth. And if we really look at that, what is truth? Remember, uh, uh, one of the kings, or one of the governors asked, I think it was Pilate, even asked Jesus, what is truth? And before that, Jesus said, I am the truth. Not a kind of truth, not a way to get to the truth, not one of many truths. I am the truth, the way and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. So if you want to worship Him in spirit and in truth, it must be done through Jesus. It must be done the way that He said to do it. You can't make up your own way to worship God. You have to do it the way that He says do it. And He has so many hindrances to worship. Our attitude is a big hindrance to worship. It really is. It may be one of the biggest ones. You remember when David was coming back with the people after David got the ark, and they, and they, David got so far, and he would go a few steps, and he would begin to dance, and then they would bring a little more, and he'd go a few steps, and he'd begin to dance, and he danced so much until an exotic garment began to fall off. And you remember his wife, Michael? Come on, you remember that? Oh, look at the king. You before everybody, and even all these handmaidens, naked, embarrassing yourself. And he said, listen, I just want to tell you something. I know it seems like that's embarrassing, but I was doing that unto the Lord. And he said, and you read it again, he said that they will honor me. That's the second family. He said, don't honor me because I was doing it unto the Lord. I was doing it unto the Lord. I believe that some of us don't worship because we're just scared of being undignified. And David said, I'll be even more undignified than this. You think that was something? Because why? I'm, I'm giving it all to him. Out of and with my whole heart. Out of and with my whole mind. Out of and with all of my strength. I'm giving it to the Lord. I don't care about being dignified. This is the worship that God wants. But our attitude hinders us. We have a wrong attitude sometimes. We have a word things like, you know, some people just need to be exuberant. Others don't. I am a mature person, so I really don't need to worship God. He's in my heart. I don't need to worship Him. You've got to watch out for emotionalism. Because, you know, people sometimes, they speak with their mouth or they raise their hands. They're just being emotional. But that's not true worship. Or what about, well, you know, it's just about culture. Some cultures worship. And in that way, and you know, me and my culture, we just sit there. I remember growing up in Catholic church. Now, you think I'm back in Catholic? I'm just talking about a certain situation. <laughs> Being in the Catholic church. And uh, you heard my story. I, I talked about going to the Holy Ghost Center. That was the name of the church on Sunday morning. And it was just what it sounds like. It was the Holy Ghost Center. And uh, during the week, I went to Catholic school. And I began to think that, you know, when we went to Mass, I thought, what in the world is this? Because we were sitting there, we were doing Gregorian chant, we were coming, we began speaking Latin, I didn't know Latin, and when it was quiet, it was as if, you better quiet down because you need to wake up God. Don't wake the Lord. Just like some incense, chant a little bit, and keep it down. And then on Sunday, it was like, what's going on? 
so you know, in our attitudes, and, and so it's confusing in this godless town, in this godless culture, and how we should worship, and so a lot of times we don't worship at all. It's a hindrance. And then we have another hindrance, your own personal spiritual status. I mean, the only time that you worship is when you come to church on Sunday morning, and it's a hindrance. It's a hindrance. I'm not talking about you being there. Come on. I mean, we, we, we probably have, most of us have been there if we're not there now. It, it, it's, not a, it's not something to offend you, but it's just to, to stir you up to say, listen, worship should be your life. Worship at home. You have worship in the morning. You know what the worship is? The six hours a day? Get up and work, worship in 15 minutes. Pray. It's God's faith on a daily basis. The answer is real. The answer to all your questions. We go through life. I'm looking in the mirror. I know it. But we go through life so frustrated. And our answers and our peace is right in the presence of the Lord. If we would just go and worship Him, He has it all. But we seek to know it all. Come on. We need to be strong in worship. How do we do that? How, how are we to be strong in worship? Let me tell you what strong worship requires. The word you don't want to hear. The strong worship requires sacrifice. We bring the sacrifice of faith into the house of the Lord. What does that mean? It's just a song. The word you sing. What does it mean? We bring the sacrifice of faith. Strong worship requires sacrifice. Hebrews 13, 15 13, 15 says, Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. There's one indicator right there. It's from the Bible. It's not from me. Not somebody telling you, give the Lord some praise. Oh, let's just give the Lord some praise all the time. Listen to him. He's going to tell me to give the Lord some praise. Well, is that such a bad thing? Is that what it is? The Bible says it in Hebrews. Give the Lord praise. Hebrews 13, 15. The Amplified says, through it, for let us constantly at all times offer up to God a sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of our lips, that actually we acknowledge and confess and glorify His name. The fruit of our lips. So part of it is, yes, say it out loud. I don't know what someone will think about me. You might think I'm talking to myself. You know, I don't know what they might think. Let the redeemed of the Lord think so. Let him say, God didn't say, let him think about it. Think to the redeemed. And he said, yes, I'm redeemed. And I thank the Lord that he died on the cross for me. And I glorify him every day. And when I fall short, I know I have an advocate with the Father. There, devil. You thought you had me. But you don't. I have an advocate. I can't forgive him. I worship God with my lips. Requires sacrifice. Psalm 107, 22. Offer thanksgiving sacrifices. Tell the world, it says, what he's done. Sing it out. Sing it out. Sacrifice. Sacrifice of praise. Sacrifice, listen. We need to sacrifice when there's a challenge beyond our strength and our resources. Offer a sacrifice of praise. That's why it's a sacrifice. It's not a sacrifice when everything is beautiful and we begin to praise God that everything is beautiful. I just sold a million cookies. Uh, praise God. I got money in the bank. Praise God. All the kids, nobody's mad at me. Praise God. 
Uh, you know, everything is wonderful. We just praise God. It's not sacrifice. It's just praise. It's not a sacrifice. It's something worthy of praise. But sacrifice is when there are discouraging circumstances that you offer praise and sacrifice. Sacrifice of praise when we realize God is dealing with our lives. Don't feel good. God is dealing with me. Sacrifice. Sacrifice of praise in that midnight moment. When it's just come right down to it. And you've been praising God up to this point, but now there's one minute left. It's 11 59. I don't know what I'm going to do. The cancer has taken hold. The bill is due. Uh, the person is coming over. I don't know what I'm going to do. It's a sacrifice of faith at that moment. Life in the midnight hour. When it turns around, you love to do that. Come on. Sacrifice of praise when we receive a miracle breakthrough. You need to sacrifice of praise when we're in the house of worship. You need to do it together. God loves it. He loves it when you are alone. He can speak to you. But God loves it when we're all together. And a great shout goes up. And great worship goes up. Come on. He loves it when we corporately praise Him. We come together to praise Him. God loves it when we do that. Worship is a sacrifice. Do you know what worship really is? Worship is obedience to God. It's like faith is obedience. Isn't it interesting how things come back to obedience? Everything comes back to obedience. Because think about it. What can you do for God? I mean, He died on the cross for you. He delivered you. He brought you out of the miry clay, out of the muck. He set your feet on a solid ground. Come on, and he, he established your glory. He did all of these things. What is it that we can do for God? Well, you know, I'll loan him some money. What are you going to do for God? The only thing we can do for God is obey him. It's obey him. And so worship is obedience. Abraham was going to the mountain to obey God. Let me and the boy go up and worship. It was a sacrifice. Obey him. Worship comes from expression. We are going to have to express our worship. 